Here we are. We're rolling with Cooper Mays on the Vol Report with Cooper brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Integrity matters. And uh, Cooper rocking a new joint. Look at him. He is uh, quite the man living in his new pad. And uh, Cooper, I know that we we talked about, I think it was on the podcast or might have been right before, but you came home from the uh, Orange Bowl because of frozen pipes. You had flooding everywhere. So this has been quite the experience for you. How are you feeling in the new place? Very, very relieved. Um, <laughs> definitely made me grow up a little bit. You know, you don't really just kind of growing up as a man, getting, getting stuff done. It's not, it's not fun when the big thing was like, I came back from Miami and that's kind of our, our three week break for like, we get a break during January and then a break during May. And then, so you don't get much time off during the year and you know, to have your, your apartment be messed up during that that was kind of a a real gut punch but you know we made it through it we're thriving and surviving <laughs> thriving and surviving uh here, here we go so a couple of things i want to get to uh, on the show today and i want to ask you about rivals and what they mean because now texas and oklahoma will come in and in 2024 we thought maybe it would be 2025 but they're going to come in so i'm curious as as to what rivals you deem are important because they're going to switch up the entire schedule, we think. But first, I want to look back at the Super Bowl. So there was one call, and it was a defensive hold. And I'm just curious, as a player, are, the, are there times where you know you've committed a, a foul, a penalty, and you're just hoping that the ref didn't see it? How often does that happen during a game or during a year? Yeah, uh, I would uh... – I would say, you know, personally, I would say like probably probably 10 to 15 percent of the game. And then but as a whole, like, you know, I, I'd say every play, there's probably something going on that shouldn't be going on, but it doesn't get caught. Um, as an O-lineman, you know, it's it's kind of like an art form. It's kind of a craft like, you know, holding holding is a penalty. But like you're probably a better offensive lineman if you're good at holding, if that makes sense. Like the, the art of holding without getting called is a very important skill. So you just got to be really discreet about it. No, that's, that's a good point. So you say 10 to 15% of the time, but one of the things that came up about that Super Bowl is the call was late in the game. Should the, the officials let it go because it's late in the game? What are your thoughts on that? Should a call in the first quarter be the same in the fourth? I think so. I mean, I understand the, the, uh, the argument per se, but, Personally, I mean, I I think you should call the game the same way every single time. If, if you think it's a foul, then then go ahead and throw the flag. But yeah, I guess I guess it. I don't know, man. I, I if personally, me, I saw the play in the Super Bowl. I thought I thought it was a hold. You know, what I'm okay. saying a lot of a lot of people thought that it it wasn't you know a warranted call. But if you're looking at the definition, like he definitely hindered his his break and his release. So I mean. If you're looking at the definition, it was a hold. But, I mean, I understand what people's argument is, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was a hold. I was just disappointed that the night ended like that, I guess. It was kind of like a good date and then doesn't end the right way. Yeah, uh, definitely definitely wasn't an ideal. No, Nobody wants the refs to decide the game, for sure. But, I mean, if you if you make a – if you make a ref – I mean, if you don't want it to end that way, then, then don't grab onto them, I guess, would be the best argument. Or for the – DB, but but I can't really even say that because the DB did did uh, 
you know, I don't own up to it, I guess, per se. It wasn't like a, you know, anything terrible, but he, he did say he held him. So you can't even really fault the guy. He, he owned up to his responsibilities. You talk about the art of holding. I could talk offensive on play with you all day. So I, I, I'm, I'm curious, is it having your hands inside? Is it what, what are some of the, the tricks of the trade and, and the art of manipulating someone without drawing a penalty? Uh, the, one of my favorite things to do, which is like a lot of the times where I hold is, um, if y'all, I don't, it's hard. I don't want to get too nerdy with it, but like gap scheme plays, do you know, do you know what gas gap schemes are? I do. Yes. Like, so the center basically essentially for the simplified version of it, for me explaining it, the simple, the, the way I can explain it is the center back blocks every time. So like I, I, if there's a D tackle right here, I'm walling him off and can't let him get over top to make the play back here. So um, if, you know, the guy reads it really well and, and just beats me over top, you know, what you can do is I like to slot, like if he beats me over this way and is getting around my shoulder, I like, as I'm getting beat, I'll pull with the hand that I have grabbed onto him and I'll pull him and it'll turn his shoulders that way. He can't, he can't you know, make it back to the play. It's hard to explain on, on, the podcast obviously but now that makes sense so is that one that you're, you're you're able to get away with most of the time yeah i mean it's there's so much going on and and the way i do it it's like you just gotta it's just gotta be really really discreet everything you got everything you're doing it can't be you know a lot of people do the hold and then they're they'll put their hands up like i can't no don't don't call me for holding like they trying to say that you can't do that like you you got to do it really discreet like if you get beat you know you can get beat, but on the way getting beat, maybe throw a hold in there, you know, maybe just the extra little grab of the cloth. <laughs> and you still get beat, but the guy doesn't make a tackle because he's maybe a half yard away. And you look back on it, and that guy, sure enough, would have probably made the play if you didn't have the holding. And he'll probably be upset about it. He'll be really upset, and he'll be like, ref, I was I was getting held. And the ref's like, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. And, you know, then you've already got him out of his game in two ways. That's true. How does a hold – compared to giving up a sack and getting your guy hit. I'd much rather give up a hold, but I don't want to get called for a penalty either way. I mean, I don't want to give up a negative play. Right. Well, uh, I would rather take the hold. You know what I'm saying? I, I, a sack is going to be a, a loss of, of seven, eight maybe. It's going to get your quarterback, you know, not maybe not hurt, but it's definitely not going to be good for his confidence or anything else. Hold is minus – what is it, ten? Five. Ten. There we go. Okay, 10. You know, I'll take the two yards extra. So, obviously, I, mean, obviously I don't even, you know, I don't even think about the, the yardage. So, obviously, I don't even think about it. I, I, I just do it. So, yeah, no, I don't think anybody holds on purpose. It's just kind of uh, you're, you're doing your best to protect your guy, right? No, you definitely hold on purpose. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. I, def- I, mean, <laughs> I mean, when I'm holding it, <laughs> I definitely hold on purpose. But I just do it in a way that I know I won't get caught. Like, I, I, when I hold, I don't even worry about, like, throwing my hands up or, like, looking back at the ref to see if it got caught. Like, I don't even worry about it. I just keep running. Like, I, I, I just am confident in my abilities. Yeah, you're, you're cruising on. You're, you're good. So, uh, what else? <laughs> don't give them an excuse to actually throw the flag. You know what I'm saying? That is true. I want to ask you about one of your good buddies that uh, brings home a Super Bowl ring. Want to remind everybody that uh, this podcast, the Ball Report with uh, Cooper, is brought to you by our friends at City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. 
It's coming up upon the time we're going to get some warm weather and some of your HVAC units are going to just conk out. I can tell you that's going to happen. I can also tell you that sometimes you don't need a whole nother unit. You just need a part or just a little adjustment. Well, you know that you'll get the right assessment with City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com, over 50 years of experience right there in Knoxville. Integrity matters. What about your guy, Trey Smith, uh, bringing home uh, a championship? That's uh, pretty cool. Love the picture of him sitting among the confetti, just taken aback. Uh, I know that's who you're rooting for. What was that like to see him bring home a, a, a championship ring? Super excited and proud for him, obviously. Um, you know, I've talked about it on here before that, you know, me and him are – we. I know we're obviously not brothers, but, you know, I kind of feel like his little brother and he thinks of me like his little brother. So just super proud of him. Just can't, can't even really explain it. It's, it's awesome to see kind of where he's he's taking everything and, you know, all he's accomplished in, in just two short years of playing in the league and and just super excited to see how he does in the future. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and the cool part is, I mean, just on a personal real-life level, the guy wasn't drafted as high because of the blood clot issue. And so he, he hasn't made a ton of cash. I mean, probably guys making more in NIL, but he's about to get paid, which I was, I'm glad to see personally. Yeah. Big paid. I don't, I don't know how much, but I, he's, he's going to be, you know, his kids, kids are going to be probably pretty set up a little bit as long as he doesn't have too much. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know how many kids he plans on having. I can't say that just yet, but you know, <laughs> I, I definitely could see, you know, three or three or four kids living very lavishly. Hey, I, I love talking to you about this because you've got ties to the Tennessee program with your dad. You grew up in the area. So from a traditional standpoint, that of being somebody that's in their early 20s, because it's not a long history. But from a tradition standpoint, what what do you think is is the most prominent rival right now for Tennessee? Because Tennessee is one of the schools that has a, seems like 50 rivals. Is there one that stands out in particular or a couple for you? I would say, um, I mean, obviously Alabama, Georgia, and Florida are are always going to be really big time games. I mean, it's, I feel like rivals are so skewed in today's world or of, of world college football, at least. I mean, Things just don't – I mean, I don't want to say it without, like, with it meaning to me. Like, it obviously, Tennessee means a lot to me, but my my case of college football has been so different from so many. Like, I'm, I'm from a local place. My family members have played here, like a lot of my family members. And, um, you know, not a lot of people have that, you know, tie and, and sense of pride about their university. So, I, I can speak, you know, only from my point of view, but I'm sure a lot of kids – you know, could probably care less about rivalry games for the most part. Yeah, you, you you mentioned the three, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. There's a pretty good chance that one of those would come off the permanent annual schedule. Um, would, would that be disappointing, you think, as, as one day a Tennessee fan, which you will be in two, three, four years from now? <sighs> Definitely disappointing. you you got to find some ways to play them sometimes, but – you know, maybe maybe yearly is is not the worst alternative. You know, um, I could probably argue from a lot of last year that you know you can't say it from the South Carolina point of view because that that loss put us out of everything. But um, you know, if we wouldn't have had Georgia in there, then 
think about, you know, we would have been a one loss team that I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it stacks up. I obviously didn't pay that much attention to the playoffs, but you know, we played a very rigorous schedule, you know, LSU, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, um, Bama, Clemson. I mean, those are, those are not, those are not just walks in the park. You know what I'm saying? These are, these are very competitive games and that takes a toll on, on you throughout the season. Tell, tell me if this is a reach, but when you when you play that type of schedule, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, if you can think forward to the college football playoff, I mean, even though that's a tough schedule and you might have a loss or two in there, how prepared and battle-tested does that get you for postseason play? That definitely made a world of difference in our eyes. You know, we uh, – we had a lot of confidence in our team. I mean, we had a lot of, you know, very, very highly sought upon wins and victories throughout the season. I mean, going down to LSU and winning, huge deal, even bigger deal looking back on it. I think, you know, seeing how their rankings ended up. I mean, they were in the, they were in the SEC championship and, you know, we went down there and, beat, you know, beat the brakes off of them at home and, you know, how to big victories, you know, Alabama went down to the wire, Pitt went down to the wire, Florida went down to the wire. I mean, you just have so many games where you have experiences that lead you to be, you know, winners and, and you know, men of character and a team of character. So it definitely helped us. I think I think y'all saw how we played in the bowl game. It was it was it was a high quality win. When you play Alabama, Florida, Georgia, just in name alone, there's no team that you could face in a college football playoff or a bowl game that scares you. I wouldn't think, right? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, like I said, I can only speak for myself, but I don't, I don't think anybody was scared of, you know, Clemson or anybody else that we played. I think, I think we went in there with the the attitude that we expected to win, and I think that kind of showed throughout the whole season. I've been asked you, um, what do you think of the college football playoff and the potential for playing? more games i mean you're you're a guy who's dealt with injury it's turning into a long season quick yeah it it is turning into a long season i mean i think i think it is is hard to make everything right on every angle though so i can i can understand with expanding the playoff but it, it is a long season but there is nil so players are you know they are getting compensation for their play not for their play but right. you know, we're doing the Vol Report brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you that's what you're getting compensated for, right? That's right. I mean, it's, just, <laughs> it's just you know, yeah. your NIL. You're yeah, NIL. integrity okay. matters. There we go. So it's not for it's not for play. It's not that at all. But you guys have deserved it for a long time. But um, at, potentially adding a couple more games to the season do you think it uh will will have an effect on you or is that something that you just kind of have to wait and see yeah it would have an effect on on the players that are playing for sure I don't know if they'll do it in my time in college but um yeah I'm sure there's a lot of guys that will either a benefit or b not benefit from it depending on their you know where they stand and injury wise and stuff but I'm sure there's a lot of guys that will benefit from having an extra week to show scouts and stuff what they're about, especially in the playoffs, because that's that's a lot of high quality games. You know what I'm saying? So there's a, 
a lot of good players in that. Hey, I, I forgot to ask you, did you talk to Trey after the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we played uh, – we've been playing the game ever since he got home. Oh, yeah. So, you, uh, Coop's a big gamer. So, what did he tell you about the Super Bowl, about the experience? Yeah, he won't. Uh, he won't let me call any. He, he won't let me call him Trey. He won't respond to anything. He only. Uh, he only let like let you call him Big Bowler. You know, like the Super Bowl <laughs> or Big Champ, Big Champ, Big Bowler. Um, those are those are the only names he'll respond to. So that's that. I don't. I mean, I'm sure he he seemed like he did, like he enjoyed it, but you know, he's he he keeps on telling me I can talk to him when I'm a Super Bowl champion. And all that, and I'm like, well, you can talk to me when you be Bama. So that's that. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. So, do you have a do you have a nickname? I mean, after the Orange Bowl, are you uh, identifying as s- somebody else? No, I'm I'm Camp's big brother. Camp's big brother, your little brother, that's, who, that's- is, who is already a monster of a young man. Yeah. At 13 and no, no captain Miami or anything like that at this point. Yeah. He's, he's, he's different, man. He's, he's huge. He's like five foot tall. He's seven. So bizarre. Yeah. We're going to have something on him on off the hook sports, a conversation with uh, Cooper Mays, the ball report with Coop brought to you by city heating and air conditioning city heat and air.com integrity matters 50 years in Knoxville. This has been a presentation of off the hook sports.